Happy Thursday, everybody. I'm Jade Scott. This is Growth RX Live, and today we are privileged to be joined with Dr. Kyle Freeman, all the way from the United States. Hey, Kyle. How are you, Jade? Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Now, Kyle, you would describe as a dedicated physical therapist over there, but in, I guess, in our description, that would be a physiotherapist, you would probably call it. We can go by both here legally, yeah. Okay, right. And uh, I would call you a global influencer because you're working on certain social media platforms and have a pretty big following, which is why we're getting you to talk to us today about content creation, social media, all the platforms and all that sort of stuff that we're looking at. Um, you're also passionate about educating people online, helping other people create content through some of your courses. Your specialty is mainly in TikTok. We'll get to that. We'll have a conversation about some of the controversy surrounding that at the moment. So we will cover that. Um, at GrowthRx, we pride ourselves on being at the forefront of some of these discussions and social media is one of them at the moment. So it's going to be really great to, for me to source some of those questions through you. Uh, and also, look, I've watched some of your videos. I find it a bit hilarious. I love the fact that your personality comes out in a lot of your videos. And yeah, I'm just thrilled to have you join us and introduce you to the wider Growth RX community. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. So just a few questions for us to get to know you first. I'm going to start off with superheroes. If sure. you could be a superhero, which one would you choose? Definitely Batman, just because he's the most real. You know, he, yeah. he can resonate. He's a human being, you know, uh, and he's really? the, what do you call it? Uh, he's the villain, the hero that we didn't know we needed. So that's, that's what I like about him. Nice. And if you were going to get takeaway tonight, what would you order? Oh, oh, I just ate. I just had crab. So, man, if I were to get takeout, probably Indian food. I could eat Indian food all the time. We were talking about this offline before, and I, I actually thought it was quite entertaining that you came back from eating crab. It's not something we do regularly over here in Australia. Not that I don't like seafood, but, yeah, it was just an interesting concept. Um, and what about my, my favourite question, of course, Crocs, the shoes? Do you consider them an acceptable form of footwear? Uh, I believe that those holes are where your dignity slips out. So I stay away from Crocs 100%. Good. I'm building, I'm building my anti-Croc tribe. Um, I will give them for my patients who are a little heavier and have bigger feet. I am okay with them wearing Crocs so they don't develop sores. But uh, other than that, I would say no. And look, I don't deny that they definitely have their uses. And in true Growth RX style, we like to showcase people doing amazing things and recognize their contributions to healthcare around the world. What does leadership mean to you, if I can throw you that pitfall? Leadership means uh, stepping down to the level of your colleagues and being one of them as opposed to being higher up than them. Uh, no matter if you're in that higher up position, that you will do the same work that's needed to support your colleagues and, and help them grow uh, so that eventually they might even want to leave where they work because you are teaching them to be even better than they already are. Beautiful. I love it. So today, what we're, we're hoping to, to have a chat about, and it's something that's really new to me, whilst I still might see myself as young at heart, technology is growing far more rapidly than I am. And 
I pride myself on being at the forefront of change and social media is just something I find it really, really hard to keep up with. I feel like I've just got a handle of Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, not, not even going to go there in my eyes. And now all of a sudden we've got the birth of TikTok, which as far as I can gather was a company bought out by Musical.ly from a Chinese company and then it converted, they dumped $1 billion into it, in, into app advertising, and all of a sudden we've got TikTok taking the world by storm. So we've got all these social media platforms. I would love from you with your experience in working with all of them, maybe we can go through their strengths and weaknesses, the most common one being Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say I've never used Twitter. So I cannot speak much about Twitter. It just never was my thing. Um, and I usually tell people stick to the platforms that you enjoy working on, as well as it's important to know who's on that platform, uh, making sure your audience is there. Because if they're not there, then are you gonna be really speaking to them? Um, so Facebook is probably the main one, but a lot of people say it's dying out. It's just for old people now. Uh, not true. Hey, there's a lot of value in Facebook groups, especially if you're trying to teach or educate or gain clients. Um, so creating a Facebook group, it can be very, very, very valuable, even nowadays. Um, you know, having a group on knee pain and helping people with knee pain and getting clients that way. Um, and then also just that social interaction. It is uh, an older population, I would say. Uh, you don't find as many kids or younger adults on Facebook as you would find millennials, 30s, 40s, 50s, and older. Then with Instagram, Instagram's kind of spread out. Instagram's uh, more of the luxe version, version of Facebook, where obviously it's grown massively over these years. And the thing about Instagram now is that it is harder to grow organically, as probably many people have seen, just because of the growth and how many users are on the platform. So nowadays, if you wanna grow, sometimes you do have to run more ads, um, especially if you're just not getting that organic growth that you would have a few years ago. Uh, and then same, similar with YouTube. YouTube is uh, obviously longer form video. Uh, so it does take a little bit of time to grow on there as well. But with that said, your content is evergreen, meaning it's there for forever, and it will continue racking up views, which is good. Um, and you can monetize it just from getting views on your videos. Whereas when it comes to Instagram or Facebook, monetization comes more from gaining clients, getting people to buy your services, products, affiliates, whatever that might be. Uh, and then lastly, TikTok, which is the newer end, um, obviously is a younger population to start, but is expanding greatly, uh, especially during this pandemic that we're going through. Um, you know, you're finding people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, even older on there. Um, and the thing about TikTok is that the growth you can have right now, since it's such an, uh, at a young age, is massive. There were people growing followings in the hundreds of thousands, if not millions, within just a couple months which is huge because that can flow over into some of your other platform growth as well. Yeah. And so what I'm hearing from that, obviously when it comes to strengths and weaknesses, and I know from my experiences with some of the platforms, Facebook seems to be interactive. You can comment, all of that sort of stuff. You have got those tight knit groups. Growth RX discussion group is one of those where you can start to form little tribes and communities of people who share the same interests 
and you know obviously have the same passions you can obviously advertise businesses and that sort of stuff and i know that there's a lot of clinics out there at the moment that have got their facebook page as as a clinic and then have got little vip groups for their patients where they can interact and connect on maybe more an intimate level where they can offer their content into people that are their direct followers rather than posting things on facebook i know that i found that really really beneficial and one of the things about facebook before i extend on all the others our posts that we do and i've got a brilliant team at western region health who work on our social media every day mark weir kelly shout out to you um you know people love seeing people be vulnerable and by default we're curious in our nature and where we like to watch we like to watch what other people are doing. And I think when you show a practitioner being real, being vulnerable, being funny, being hilarious, talking about their holidays and things that they do outside of work, it's human nature to be curious about that. And so do you find that that works where some people would say that's really unprofessional and you need to keep your private life private as a practitioner and patients don't need to see that? Or do you find that it's a real draw card for some patients who resonate with somebody connect with somebody via social media and say actually i want to see that practitioner just because they saw them on social media that is starting to happen now more right 100 percent. and if anything i believe it's either toxic or just ego-based that we have to maintain this persona of professionalism and you can be professional and be vulnerable at the same time and when you're vulnerable and you talk about your past experiences uh, maybe it's a problem that your current patient or current clientele that you want is actually going through. And then you can say, hey, I went through that in the past and this is how I went through it. And that's why I'm doing what I do now and why I help other people. That's going to make someone buy into you immediately. Okay. Um, because they, they can resonate with your message and that's huge. It's going to attract your ideal avatar is what we say, or your ideal client. And that's what you want. Uh, a lot of practitioners don't want to work with every single type of patient because they either can't treat them the best because they're not as experienced in that area, but maybe you're a pelvic health therapist and you want to talk to other women about pelvic problems. Well, if you've had a pelvic problem, you, if anything, you really should be vulnerable and talk about it and be like, hey girl, I've been there. Because, and those people are going to be like, wow. I really want to work with this person because she gets me. She talked about my problem before I even had to say anything. And so vulnerability is actually the most crucial thing you need to be, uh, to have uh, nowadays on social media, because that's where people are going to see you as a person, as opposed to just uh, this professional, this expert, um, you know, it's going to really bring you down a notch to their level and they're going to feel more comfortable working with you. And, and it is actually, Sorry, that's actually how I started to get my message out there was just a couple of years ago, I was going through a hard time starting my own cash business. And um, when I started talking about my journey and the progress I was going through, that's when people started to pay attention to me. And they started to be like, wow, because they were going through very similar things and it was just nice to hear someone else talk about it. And then people started reaching out to me for advice, whether that was uh, new graduate students, other clinicians, patients, um, they, they want to hear that you're a real life human and you have problems too. And it, it does go to show that there's different ways of positioning yourself as an authority. 
And whilst text and references and research and specialising in certain areas is all totally valid and very, very, very valuable, if you're putting yourself out there as a, as a face behind a certain niche or putting yourself out there as an authority in that space, for example, women's health or, you know, depression or those sorts of things, people connect with you and you become a go-to person. It's exactly the same concept I would put it as if a personal trainer, for example, sent me a letter and said, hey, this is what I do. This is my experience. Maybe we can work out an affiliate where we can refer patients to each other. If that personal trainer actually came in and introduced themselves and I met them at face value, I'm far more personally likely to refer to them because I feel like I've built a connection with them. And we do that through social media. The amount of people, and it's really humbling, who feel like they know me because they see me you know, talking on the screen and you would probably get the same thing. You do connect with people. And there's one of the things that I've had to overcome. I hate watching videos back. I'll rock in a corner if I had to watch videos back. But I know that it's really, really important. And I think that's why we do it. So the next thing I wanted to talk about really is stepping outside your comfort zone. Getting your face in front of a camera for so many business owners or practitioners, uh, you know, I would rather stick a fork in my eye at, at one point. Like literally I hated it, but I had to step outside my comfort zone and I had to start doing it. What's your advice to somebody who is just really uncomfortable talking to a camera, looking at themselves in a camera, creating some sort of video content that is likely to be obviously scrutinised because our egos are very important to us. What's your advice to people who are just like, nah, I'll never do it? Uh, you're going to die with the times, honestly. Uh, I hate to say it, but change is inevitable. The only constant in life is change. And especially nowadays, things change very rapidly, especially with technology. I mean, every couple of years, it's a new app, it's a new phone, it's a new this. And you have to follow where uh, your target audience attention is going. Um, if they're getting away from here and going in this direction, you got to get in front of them. That's why we don't advertise on billboards or TV anymore. That space is not worth the value. The space is worth here on your phone. That's where people's attention is all day long. And so you want to be advertising on apps and, and everything because that's where you're going to find your clientele. Um, so really you have to get over that. And we we talk about it all the time in order to grow, you have to get uncomfortable. You have to do the things that are uncomfortable. If you don't like to swim or don't know how to swim, you got to jump in the water. You, otherwise you're never going to learn. It's the same thing with our patients too. You know, we teach our patients, maybe you see someone that comes in who hasn't worked out in 10 years, doesn't know how to do a leg lift. All right. It's going to be uncomfortable for them because they're doing something they haven't done. And so if we're teaching people to get uncomfortable so they can grow out of the pain or whatever they're doing, and we're not doing that ourselves, then we're just hypocrites. So in order to grow, you have to get uncomfortable. And, and that includes getting in front of the camera and it's going to make you a better person. It's going to make you more personable. It's going to make you connect with people more because especially nowadays, and if there's anything we should learn from this pandemic is that online, is going to be more important going forward forever, okay? Over here in America, telehealth wasn't really pushed as much until now. Now they realize, oh my God, we can't go to the clinic. People can't get seen. We have to see you through the computer. 
And so now insurances are covering, I know you guys don't deal with that, but insurances are covering it more over here and it's getting pushed. And people also are more afraid to go to the office. And also the younger generation is more inclined to do this face-to-face -face online. They don't wanna leave their home or leave their job. They wanna be efficient with their time. So getting online is, is super important and developing that relationship with people online. And it's one of those things that, you know, even evidence supports that people remember so much of what you say, so much of what you say and write, so much of what you say and write and do. So if you actually demonstrate things or show people examples, stretches, different ways to actually perform techniques, whether it be exercise based or not, people will actually remember the evidence is there to support that, which is probably one of the reasons why we don't do telehealth just via a standard phone we need to be able to demonstrate what we're doing so that there's clarity in the communication that we're delivering so there is i mean and i'm sure i'd love to get some more information on it, but the, the evidence is supporting that people need to see you to be able to deliver that and i think you know one of the things that we're also seeing whether we like it or not is once upon a time was just delivering content doing a post on facebook putting up a photo on instagram we are we live in a fast-paced disposable world People like to swipe left, 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 left. People love shiny moving objects and that's what attracts us, which is why some of these videos and stuff are getting so much momentum, would you say? And the stories, the Facebook stories, the Instagram stories, they're really catching on at the moment and it's because of the video content. Yeah, a lot of it is the fact that our attention spans are getting shorter. Uh, we lose attention very quickly, so we want information quickly. Um, we want to get to the gist of it. We don't want to sit down and, and watch a 30, 60 minute video sometimes, or we just want to be like, how can I fix this? How can I do this? And if you can learn it in 60 seconds versus 30 minutes, people are going to want that. They want to just get to the point and they want to learn quickly. Um, and that's where a lot of the, this, you know, Instagram stories, TikTok, um, whatever it might be that you do is, is going to be really helpful. And another thing to go along with that is, you know, when you're trying to build a relationship with your clients, like if you're advertising or putting out content online, uh, you're, you want to be going after a certain audience, right? Your target, target client that you want to work with you. Well, you're going to put out that content in a manner that you're dating your clients, right? If I went out on a date with you, Jade, and the first date, I'm like, here's a ring. You want to get married? You'd say like, hell no, you're going to leave, right? You'd be like, you're ridiculous. You're crazy. I'm not going to do that. It's the same thing with a client, right? You know, you want to you wanna put out information, provide value to them over time because they're not going to want to work with you day one. You can, you can go on Facebook today and be like, hey, I'm taking wellness clients or I'm, I'm taking clients online. People aren't going to work with you. Uh, you're not going to get a response because people aren't used to work. They don't know what they're going to get working with you online. But if you're consistently doing uh, Instagram and Facebook lives, you're doing stories, you're putting out valuable content on how to do this, how to do that, how to get out of your pain. You're dating your client online without you even knowing it, especially if it's your target client that, you know, maybe you're dealing with people with knee pain and you're talking about different knee pain stuff and exercises. Eventually you're just going to get a message saying, Hey, I've been following your content for a while and you've built that trust and they're going to want to work with you, especially if you already work online or maybe they want to come to your clinic if you have one and they're local. Um, so you have to build that relationship, build that trust. You can't just go in and, and think that people are going to work with you right away.
I'm going to show my age here with this analogy. But for those of you who are watching who are over the age of about 40, you'll remember Blockbuster Video. And I know when we used to go in, I was a little kid and it was our Friday night thing, we could go in and we could rent a video. And we used to spend hours in the store walking around, picking up a DVD off the shelf and reading the blurb on the back to be able to give you an idea of a description of what you were going to waste or, or not waste two hours of your evening watching. And then trailers came in. And you stopped having to read the blurb on the back of a video because you could watch a trailer. You could watch a one-minute trailer and decide whether you want to actually invest your valuable time into spending two hours watching that movie or what I'd like to call it now is content. So similar to your dating analogy, because you're much younger than me, I call it, uh, you know, that, that blockbuster analogy. People are watching you. They're watching a trailer of your life to know whether they want to invest in you in the future. And this is where I think people are really naive to not start considering thinking about video content because it's pretty evident now, and hopefully you'll agree with me, video content is what's getting the most traction right now. So we can extend on that a little bit with healthcare practitioners. What, and we'll talk about TikTok in a minute because that's the elephant in the room with everything going on at the moment. A lot of people have got a lot of opinions on TikTok right now, so we'll cover that. But in regards to video content, can it be anything? Can it be just content? Or does it have to be content and a personality? Or do I have to get up my video tech skills and put banners and GIFs and emojis all over the place to generate more attention? I mean, what, what are the different levels of that? What are the lengths I have to go to if I want to put together a video that I want to get attention? Yeah, um, so really it depends on your personality, right? You don't want to do what everyone else is doing, number one. Um, you want to be your unique self, okay? Uh, and you want to position yourself in a way to attract people that you want to work with. Okay, me personally, with a lot of the content I put out and you've seen some of it, I, I like to be humorous. That's, I enjoy that. I like to uh, educate and be humorous at the same time. And I think people learn well that way when you can keep it entertaining. I call it infotainment because it's information and entertainment combined. And people enjoy that. It's going to keep their attention. That's what you want nowadays. You need to keep people's attention because if you don't, they're not, they're going to skip by your, your content because, and they don't like you. So you need to somehow grab their attention. And you know what? I can be myself and I could be a humorous, uh, physical therapist. And there are people that are going to not like me for that. Think I'm unprofessional. Think, uh, you know, that's ridiculous that you're talking like that. I don't, that's fine. I don't want to work with you then. Um, I don't want to work with those people because I, that's just who I am and I'm going to be human. I'm going to be myself. I'm not going to try and fit myself into a box of what a physio should be with, you know, a collared shirt and khaki pants. That's, that's not me. That's not how I do things. I treat, I'm tattooed up and down. Um, I'm myself. And if I'm not myself, then I'm not going to be myself around my patients. I'm not going to be treating the people I want to be treating. I want people to, um, resonate with me who uh, enjoy that type of person to work with. Um, and so that's really where I come from. And I think, you know, as you were talking about avatars before, as we get older, our patients and our audience also age. So the young children that I used to see as 10 year olds are now 25. 
-hmm. And just because it was my way, the old way, doesn't mean it's the only way. And I, that's why I think we need to stay on top of things. And if you're not front of mind, you're forgotten. And I'm not suggesting that every single practice and clinician out there needs to start doing video content tomorrow. Obviously, you've got to work within your comfort zone and take baby steps. So I'm certainly not saying that. But what I'm suggesting is you just need to know that it's happening mm -hmm. and that just because you're not doing it doesn't mean that the next generation aren't. And I love this concept of generational change. It's some of the studies that I did when I was at Harvard is looking at the generations and how things change, how an appreciated mindset can turn into an entitlement mindset. And I love all that sort of stuff. But we are judgmental, biased creatures in nature. And the evidence shows that you will judge somebody within seven seconds of meeting them. And they're even suggesting now that you've got almost three seconds and studies on children, when you're looking at them in social media, those that have access to iPads and YouTube, will actually judge content and whether they're engaged with it within three seconds. So when you're thinking about content and making an impact, can anyone actually do anything in three seconds to make people continue to want to watch without swiping? It's horrifying that people will judge you in three seconds, but if you don't anticipate that it's happening, you can't own it. Right. So maybe let's just assume that that's the way that it is and work with it. I would say it's two things. Uh, it's one, you have to be your authentic self. Um, I kind of just touched on that, but you have to be your authentic self. And uh, you're not trying to attract everyone. We're not trying to be people pleasers. We're not trying to get everyone to like us, everyone to work with us. We're trying to attract our specific client, our target client. And so if you're your authentic self, that'll come through um, and your, your confidence will come through. And secondly, you have to be crystal clear on what your message is, um, you know, what you're trying to get across. Uh, and yes, it, you know, we've talked about shorter attention spans and people, you know, you need to attract their attention very quickly. That's very true with TikTok. I wouldn't say it's as true with other content such as like YouTube and longer form videos just because um, it does take some time to get into some of those videos and people will sit and watch a little bit longer. So it depends on the uh, platform that you are using, at least when it comes to social media. But it's very true that it is harder as we get older. We know this, that you, know, you learn quicker as you're younger and as you get older, it's harder to learn and pick up these new things, especially with technology, right? Um, but it's, it's true in that if you look at some of the biggest companies in the world, the Nikes, the, the McDonald's, whatever it might be, if they don't change with the times, they're going to lose, they're going to go bankrupt, they're going to fail. Um, that's why you see a lot of things getting automated. That's why you see, you know, even with this pandemic and the social rights movement and everything going on, they're quickly changing to a lot of online platforms, how to sell online, closing retail stores and, and figuring out how to change with the times. And we have to do the same thing. Otherwise, someone else is going to attract our clients or people are just not gonna find you anymore because they're not looking where you're advertising. And I guess it's that aside is that social media has some very different benefits. Yes, there's influencers out there who are selling products, selling themselves and just want to be noticed. Let's put that in a box and set that aside for now. It's communication. It's a means of delivering communication and content online, whether that be an educational video or even just a video to describe yourself, to talk about yourself so people can kind of get to know you. But there's so many people delivering, uh, you know, just 
content to their patients that are informative and engaging and different ways for them to learn. So even if you think and you've set the social media side of it and, and the censorship and the privacy and all that sort of stuff apart, I know that that exists. I'm not naive to all of those that security stuff. But if you're using it simply as a communication tool and a means of delivering content that is going to help and support patients, that's what we do every day. You know, our why, our purpose, our meaning is because we like to help people. That's why we're healthcare practitioners. And basically what I'm suggesting in this conversation, why I love having you here, is there are different means of doing that. We've realised that when we were hands-on practitioners, all of a sudden we're delivering that content now verbally that we were actually delivering with our hands. And social media is just an extension of that. It's just using a platform to deliver a different means of communication. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it comes down to everything you do, even the clothes you wear, how you present yourself, how you talk, how you put yourself out there on social media, what you talk about, you're branding yourself every single moment. You are a walking brand, whether you, every single person in this world is. And you have to understand that everything you put out there, the energy you put out there, that's defining your brand in someone else's brain uh, and what you stand for. You know, if you're the guy who puts out all funny stuff and, you know, whatever, then you're, you're the funny guy, right? Um, if you're putting out motivational uh, information and posts, and then people are going to come to you for that because that's, that's what you're putting out into the world. If you're really big and fit, that puts out a message to people. If you're not, you're out of shape and very heavy, that's putting a message out to people on where uh, your priorities are in life, typically, um, or the message that you put out. So we have to be conscious of that. Um, and know what we're putting out to people. And sometimes we, that means taking a step back and saying, what do I want to provide to people? What type of value do I want to put out there? And how, in, in what manner do I want to do that? Um, and sometimes that's on social media, as, especially nowadays it should be. Um, because again, that's where we're going to find people. Yeah. And more and more people are recognizing that to be in front of a camera or a screen or a phone, you don't need... PR training or you know training behind a camera you don't need an acting degree and those sorts of things if you want to get your face behind a camera anyone can pick one up these days and stick their head in front of it as uncomfortable as you might be you don't have to be an expert in in public relations and and media now to be able to deliver a message anyone's doing it that's not to say that some certainly do it better than others but it also means that you don't necessarily need to have any experience whatsoever to start doing it yeah and it takes practice too at the end of the day it takes getting in front of the camera more often until you can hit that facebook live or that instagram live button and not be anxious or worried about what people are going to think that you're just going out there and i always tell people pretend like you're talking to your best friend about whatever topic it is we're talking about patellofemoral pain let's talk about this today. Uh, we're talking about patellofemoral pain and, and runners. And you just, you know, put all that information out into the world. And just with more practice, it, it gets better and you become more comfortable and your confidence will show as you start to become more comfortable as well. It happened for me as well. Yeah. So do you remember the first video you put out there? Is it, I mean, obviously, have you still got it? Uh, as far as TikTok goes or yeah. just in general? Um, yeah, my first video, yeah, it's it's still on my account. Uh, it, it had nothing to do with physical therapy. When I first started uh, my account, I didn't know what I was doing. 
and I didn't know what this app even was. I just knew my partner had 60,000 followers on it and it seemed important. And so I just started making funny content. And then eventually I grew quickly and said, I need to start turning this into PT content because I didn't see any physios. So. So I'm going to get you to extend on TikTok because I really want you to show us some examples of some of these practitioner healthcare videos that are going viral around the world. I think it's worth actually having a look at how easy it is to produce and how some things that you might not seem to be too outrageous or, you know, nothing special are actually going viral. But also you're getting to see surgeons and practitioners and all that sort of stuff, particularly in America. It definitely hasn't caught on as much here. And I think before we extend on that, the background for those who aren't up to speed with it with TikTok at the moment is that obviously it is a Chinese-based company. ByteDance actually owned TikTok and they actually bought TikTok off Musical. Mm-hmm. Is, is it Musical L-Y or Musical? Yeah. Musical. See, I'm, I'm not a millennial. That's so good. Musical was sold and purchased by TikTok and they kind of reinvented it, spent billions on marketing and advertising it, and it literally just took off. Now, there's two sides to TikTok. There's a social media side, but also outside of that, it's a very, very valuable video editing app. So for somebody who's not familiar with getting on the computer and doing edits and cuts and making amendments to a video to make it worth watching, the actual app itself is very user-friendly And so it means that it is so easy for anyone to kind of create content. Part of the issues with what's happening at the moment is obviously the unrest that's happening in Hong Kong, the issues going on with privacy and censorship, and the suggestion that some of the the team moderators for this app have been advised by the Chinese government or whoever's aligning with it to start to censor stuff associated with Beijing, the unrest, what's going on in Hong Kong, which means that there is a little bit of dictatorship and control going on with the Chinese businesses and those attached to the apps. So what's happened now is you've got the likes of Facebook, Google, Twitter, Zoom, Amazon, all boycotting any of these companies who are set in Hong Kong because of the now ties and the changes with the Chinese government because of this data collection issue. The censorship of the fact that the Chinese government and the communist country that it is has control over these companies and the data that they produce, there's the long and short of it there. So a lot of people are boycotting it saying, well, I'm not going to use the app because I don't know what's happening to my privacy and my security. Now, on that same argument, you could say the same thing for Facebook. Facebook certainly censor a lot of stuff that's going on at the moment. They censor Black Lives Matter. They protect um, all different content that gets seen, you do that for the protection of society. So one of the arguments is that TikTok could be just doing that themselves, just like America is doing at the moment. So there's a lot of controversy and for people who aren't educated on it, I read about five articles on it this morning and I still don't even think I'm up to speed. And there's still a lot of clashes and confusion, whether it's coming from Guardian or Forbes or The Verb or whatever publication it is that you're reading. What I'm not going to do is make any further judgment on TikTok because people are going to join the political security privacy and make opinions for themselves, and that's fine. Again, I want to set that aside. And let's just talk about what you do and your expertise in TikTok and you dealing with people and you run a Facebook group that teaches healthcare practitioners how to use TikTok. 
And maybe let's talk about the benefits of it so that people can then weigh it up for themselves, the benefits of what it's going to do and whether they actually tie in with that uncertainty in the political agenda. So your experience with TikTok, can we talk a bit more about that? I mean, you started on it really. How many followers have you got now? Uh, 132,000. Right. And when, when did you start investing, I guess, investing your time into the TikTok as a platform? I, I opened an account, I think it was last August, August of 2019. Um, but I didn't really start truly posting a lot of the content I post now until uh, this February. Uh, so it's only been a f less than six months, I think, that I've really, truly been consistent and putting out a ton of uh, physio-related or healthcare-related content. Um, and so, yeah, I put out a lot of uh, educational content. I actually am a TikTok partner, meaning I work directly with TikTok. I have a manager with them, and I was part of a pilot program that they called the Creative Learning Fund. Um, one thing I do love about the platform is they are very uh, giving and very charitable and they're always trying to help where they can and promote, um, promote people and really be nice to their creators because they want them to grow and be happy with the app and they want the user experience to be good just like any other platform. Um, so I started putting out that content. Um, I started making edu educational content for uh, the TikTok creative learning uh, program um, and it just it blew up very quickly um, just like you're seeing nowadays a ton of people are just their followings are growing out of nowhere um, and it's really great um, it's helped my Instagram following grow it's just made me more of an authority in the field um, because people are seeing me more uh, people are seeing me out there and that's what it comes down to and people used to think you know it's just for kids uh, it's just for dancing whatever it's just games uh, but that's what they said about Instagram eight years ago, nine years ago, and look where it is now, okay? They used to say it was about photography and showing off your family, and now we realize what technology is capable of. And so now, um, I yes, I created a, a group called TikTok for Healthcare Professionals where I teach other healthcare professionals, uh, mostly a, a lot of physios just because that's my niche, obviously, uh, how to use TikTok, how to grow on it, um, understanding how to create videos, and how to monetize it as well. I, I don't make that a key thing. I want people to have fun with it, have a, a healthy relationship with any social media. That's key. Um, and enjoying it, making time for it. And, um, you know, myself, I've made a few thousand dollars already directly from TikTok. And that's not just teaching the course that I have. I, I gain, you know, a lot of people think it's, it's very young population. It's growing. Uh, it's expanding into the older generations. And I'll be straight up, I gained a client who's in her 50s uh, just a few weeks ago, um, and she was ready to buy from me. We hopped on one call. Um, I talked about getting her into a wellness program that I started. $3,000 bought into a package like that because I developed that relationship with her. She reached out to me. She trusted me because she had been seeing my content, and boom, and that was it. And I have other clinicians in my group who are doing the same thing and have gotten uh, even more clients than me because initially that wasn't my, uh, my goal um, was to get clients. It was more just putting out the content and seeing how I grew and, and work with it. But now I'm seeing, yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting point that you make because what we do as healthcare practitioners is all based upon trust and building rapport. And the faster you build rapport, the faster you build trust and you can build empathy 
towards a patient. Improve, evidence improve outcomes too. Absolutely. And evidence supports that a more empathetic practitioner with a stronger connection and bigger, greater rapport with a patient will have evidence-based better outcomes. Yeah. So it's just a matter of fast-tracking that rapport. If somebody's already connected with you and seen you online, then they have a conversation, build that connection even further. Then they see you in face-to-face contact. So, you know, this lady, uh, this patient, I'm assuming, made it evident to you that she found you on social media and that's what drove her to contact you? Yeah, she direct messaged me on TikTok and on my Instagram um, because she is a chronic pain patient and I had been putting out a lot of chronic pain information uh, and that probably resonated with her and she felt that uh, this person can help me. Uh, and I didn't have to sell her. You know, a lot of times we, we, we have to get people to buy in. I didn't have to get this lady to buy in. She just hopped on a call with me and I told her, this is what I can do. Uh, let me see if you're right for me as well. And she was, I didn't even, she didn't even budge on the price. It was just like, okay, I'm ready to work with you. Let's do this. I want to make a change in my life. Um, and, and, and that's, just, yeah. it's not wrong. It's just different. It's a different means of connecting with patients and drawing new patients into your clinic. And if it's not happening now, that's okay. But I definitely think, and I certainly agree with you, that over the next few months, years, this is going to be something that's going to be more normal than it is unnormal. And certainly over here in Australia, we're not getting the same traction with TikTok. But I genuinely believe it is coming as long as the censorship and privacy issues are addressed with China, then, you know, maybe it might take off. But can you show us some content? Can you show us some of your videos or yeah, some have, viral content that's, you know, getting millions of views? Sure. I have two videos up here. Let me see how to share the screen. Uh, desktop. Just give me one second. until it is quit. And uh, TikTok, while you're doing that, a TikTok video, you can actually uh, multi-purpose, can't you? You can actually share a TikTok video across Facebook, across Instagram, all of those sorts of things. So you're actually, yeah, you can actually repurpose your content through TikTok just like other means? Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people are finding that the TikTok content that they uh, share on Instagram and Facebook is actually some of their better performing content. Um, I have people that say, yeah, my TikToks that I post on Instagram get more views than my other content. Uh, because it's, again, it's in short form video. It's entertaining typically, and it's just in, uh, it's just new to people. And, and it's obviously very appealing. And um, I think that's one of the things you don't, it's not just about having a TikTok account. Some people just use the TikTok editing side of things to edit great videos and then post them on Instagram and Facebook. So you actually yeah. don't need to post anything on TikTok at all. You can just do the editing, the, the video editing creation side of it because it's a very easy to navigate video editing app and then use it on your other social media. So, you know, aside from that, there's lots of different ways to navigate around it. All right. Yeah, Let's absolutely. See. You can absolutely do that. And uh, I personally just, obviously I, I post, and you don't even have to really, if you just wanted to create an account on TikTok, just know you don't have to put in a ton of information. Uh, if anything, Facebook, you give your entire life to. Um, they know your hometown. They know your birthday. They know every single thing on there. Um, they know how to get into your passwords. So 
um, just know that you don't have to put a ton out there. But you can see my screen now? Yep, yep. Okay, so we just have, uh, this is one of my funnier videos. I have a funny one and then a more educational one. Uh, so okay. I figured you could see both sides Start of me. Yeah. So Kyle, I'll be your physical therapist. How can I help you today? I broke my back. My doc says I have the back of an 80 year old. I have schematica in my leg. Schematica. You mean your meniscus? Never heard of it. My acromioscopicular joint, TMJ, it's called a TMJ joint. Rotary cuff. Rotary cup. Rotary cup. You mean rotator cuff? That's what I just said. Well, I've been using essential oils and uh, I think it's working. I have to come how many times? I'm just gonna use CBD. So yeah, that's 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 a little bit of my humor there. That was one of my earlier videos, and it actually did uh, really well on Facebook because I'm in a lot of physio-related groups, yeah. and um, it, it did well on there. And then we have this one over here. Let's make sure I don't mess this up. Okay. So this one is a little bit different. This is more educational, me showing off an exercise that you see similar things on Instagram, but this is just in TikTok format. All right, I've got to stop that screen share and just share this screen again. Okay. Oh, is it working? No, nah, so you were still on the other screen. So now you can share this one. Oh, okay. Let me, let's try again. Can you see me now or not yet? Uh, not yet. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah, here we go. Okay, I picked a different one. This is actually a, a gloves one. Okay. All right, what's up, y'all? So today we're going to learn how to put on some fucking gloves. I've been seeing some of y'all at the grocery store, and I don't know what you're doing. So today, y'all going to learn. First things first, clean your damn hands. All right, clean hands. Get a clean pair of gloves. Make sure they fit in your hands. Once you go out into the world, the grocery store, you grab a door, anything, second you do that, second you touch stuff, you have to assume these gloves are contaminated. The virus can be on your gloves, all right? So if you go and touch your face, pick your nose, touch your ear, put your hand, glove in your mouth, you probably just contaminated yourself. Now, when we go to take your gloves off, grab here, close to the edge of the glove, not on the inside because oh, we're dirty and now I just dirtied my hand, all right? A pinch. Pull off, slip underneath, pull off, cut on, and that's it, boys and girls. <laughs> so that's right. I mean, it, it can be anything, and you clearly you can. I mean, even dropping f bombs, you can see yes. like your the personality coming through. Um, certainly, I've just stopped sharing that screen again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, I, I certainly get what you mean, and these are ones that. You know, it might not do so well on TikTok, but if you then go ahead and post that on Facebook, it's just different ways of showing yourself, demonstrating, or, you know, all of that type of thing. 
So, is there, I mean, is there a certain script or something that you follow if you are doing an educational video? Do you start off with what somebody's going to learn from it and then stages and then a conclusion? Or is it literally just a matter of just getting it and running with it? Yeah. Um, so, it's, it's really, you become more creative using it and you learn how to be more creative. You have to be. Um, but you, you don't have to overcomplicate it, number one. You can keep things very simple, and that's what I try to do when I'm teaching other people how to use the app, uh, is you can just do what I just did now, um, is be in front of the screen, uh, talk about something quick on how to do something. Um, you can add, I know there wasn't um, any of the text on the screen there, but you can have text on the screen, um, you can have music in the background. Um, you don't even necessarily have to talk. A lot of people make videos where they just have a lot of text popping up on the screen on how to do certain things or whatever it might be. Um, so you learn to be creative. And then a lot of people on the app follow trends. So they'll see other people using a certain song or doing a certain thing. And then you will do it similarly, but in your own manner. So I'll see a lot of trends, but I'll do it in my own manner, in a physical therapy manner related to healthcare or whatever it might be, because those typically do well um, and can get a lot of views. And so for those watching at home, what are your, what's your TikTok handle account? Sure, it's at TikDocPhysio. TikDocPhysio. Okay, so there you go, if you want to follow some videos. And so, I mean, some of these videos have gone viral. Have you got any examples of some that have had like a million views? I know that there was a, wasn't there a women's health uh, physician who delivered one on women's health? She was throwing around like a uterus and stuff. Have you got yeah, yeah, she's in my group of mine, and she actually is over 2 million views on that video. And, and just know that when she posted that video, she had, I think, less than 10,000 followers. Okay, and she got 2 million views. And now that was only maybe a month and a half ago, and she has over 50,000 followers now. And she also got featured in Cosmopolitan because of that video, because they said she is the pelvic health uh, persona on TikTok to follow because of one video. And, you know, obviously you don't need 50,000 followers, but that's how quickly this can happen. Yeah. Um, and people see her now as the go-to for pelvic health information uh, on the app. Um, I do not have that video on here. I but, can link it into the group at a later stage because I think it's... Yeah, I can just, I'll, I'll send you a, a couple videos if you yeah. want. You can post it in there. Um, also, you can just go to my content. You can also go to my Instagram and I have a couple there as well. Yeah. Great. So look, the, the take-home messages from today that I'm hearing, there's obviously everyone's doing things at their own pace. There's people that are very, very resistant to social media we don't need social media in healthcare. And, you know, I certainly, that resonates with me and did some years ago. But as you said, COVID, the world that we know it, has rapidly changed over the last six months. We didn't even know what COVID was back at the start of January. And now our lives have changed as a result of it. We are in isolation. Many countries, many suburbs around the world, many professions are in lockdown. And when you're in lockdown, we gravitate towards social media. It's there, it's easy, and we are all doing it more now than what we ever did before. I mean, Zoom has, hasn't it grown by about 40,000% as a company or something like that? Um, you know, because everyone's having to do things live. So if you want to be where the people are, 
the people right now are on social media. So, yeah. you know, it's just a, it's a matter of jumping on a moving train or, as you said, you're going to get left behind. And that's not to say that you, there's some practitioners out there that have got very, very solid, loyal patient bases and followings and, you know, very, very busy clinics, but those patients are going to age. And if you want to keep your business growing, you've got to grow and adapt to the next generation of patients that are coming through. And the average age on TikTok, which is I actually found really surprising, was 30 years old on Facebook, on I think it's 40 on Instagram and then 50 on Facebook. So you can spread yourself across all of those platforms, social media platforms. You can choose the one that's right for you. But at the very least, you need to kind of pick one, would you say? At least pick one and yeah. have a crack. I would say number, start with one, okay, because you, you don't want to overwhelm yourself, especially if you're new to all this. I mean, most people are on at least one platform, typically Facebook, especially if you're older. So start with one platform, and then as you start to get comfortable with that, you can slowly expand it. If you own a clinic and have other people who work there, you can delegate some of these duties to those individuals who maybe are younger and more uh, inclined on how to use it and how to spread information. So you can do that so it's not on you. Um, but again, you know, here in America, a lot of clinics that are going out of business typically will rely on doctor's referrals. And what happens if that doctor dies? Um, what happens if they don't like you anymore because you mess up one patient or they just didn't do well? Um, that can kill your business. Um, so you can't rely on just one area you have to spread your information and, and you know what it's even better because you're getting your clients directly by putting your information out there and the people who don't want to use social media for whatever reason think it's unprofessional uh it's just ego that's blocking you that's the straight up truth it's your ego getting in the way um and if anything it's a disservice to the community to your potential clients because you're being selfish and you're, you're not sharing your knowledge with those people. Um, they are out there on their phones, on social media, on the internet, and you should be getting out there and getting in front of them and putting quality information out there. Um, you know, so it, it really is just something you, you need to do. Um, listen, if you have a good loyal following already in your community and your business is going great, that's good. But if anything, what we've learned from this pandemic is things can get turned upside down in a heartbeat. Um, and you need to be ready to change and adapt to the times because this can happen again. This, I mean, this quarantine could last months more, who knows, uh, especially here. We, we don't have anything under control over here. Um, so um, you just need to be ready to adapt and change with the times. Otherwise you could risk losing everything. And as you said, you can remove the ego and the personal side from it and use it as a business social means of communicating education. So you can have, you know, a, a social, a, a professional account on social media. And mm -hmm. that's kind of where you can differentiate between the two. It doesn't have to be a look at me, look at me. It can be look at us. And you celebrate your team, you celebrate your team members. And exactly that. If you're a business owner who's not tech savvy, you delegate to your team and they're probably going to find something that they're really engaged in. They have a huge interest in and they'll probably take it on and run with it. They'll rise to the occasion, give them a role, you know, social media manager or something like that, something that they can embrace 
and make their own. There's lots of different ways to navigate this and people will find it their own and you've come up with you know heaps of different tools and skills and just more than anything, just making people think outside the square, seeing different opportunity where they didn't see it and maybe not being so closed-minded to things and opening up that growth mindset of who knows what will come from it and you know if you can benefit one patient on social media why not it's one more patient than you did yesterday exactly i mean that's that's the truth the second you start putting content out there and you do make uh, get a patient out of it or whatever it might be uh then you're going to be like well okay uh this this can really happen um and and let's just be honest this is 2020 um, if anything, everything, more things are going online. Uh, if you're not in social media at this point, like you, you gotta start. Um, it's just the truth. Um, because that's where people are going to find you. Great advice. Well, I can't wait to keep watching your in informative videos. What did you call them? Infotainment. Infotainment. Okay. We'll, we'll sit back and watch some more of your infotainment and I'll post some of them in the group just so people can kind of have a look and hopefully that this is uh you know opened up some lines of communication and spiked a little bit of interest in something that people aren't familiar with over here in australia yet i would say is is tiktok so thank you for all your advice and your wealth of knowledge in this space if there's ever a person to talk to about this it is a millennial um and so thank you very much for your time and, and sharing with our community it's been really valuable Absolutely. Thank you for having me and uh, anyone's welcome to reach out with questions. If you have concerns about the platform, I can definitely answer some of those questions as well. And um, just if you want to connect, I'm super happy to. Um, this was really great and I'm happy to be a part of this group. So thank you for having me, Jade. Great. Thank you. Thanks everybody watching at home. We'll, uh, we'll catch you next week. Bye.